Hi friends, it's been a while. Last week was our first week back after taking some time off for reflection. The episode you heard last week with Chandler Parrott Thomas was recorded a week or two before the uprisings against police brutality began. This episode was recorded a few days into the powerful movement, and I ask you to bear with us as we get caught up to the now. Something new that's starting this month is that at the beginning of every month, I will be donating a portion of the proceeds from Patreon to an organization supporting Black Lives. I would like to donate a dollar per patron, so if you've been on the fence about becoming a patron, now is an excellent time to do so. You can head over to patreon.com slash thatdoitforyapod to find out more and find out about the cool extras that come with being a patron. We are a small but mighty and horny community, and I would like to thank Hallie Allspa, Alyssa Matthews, Krista Umberfirth, Grace Kent, Hannah Grierson, Dante Tapo, and Chandler Parrott Thomas for all of their wonderful support. I think that's all that needs to be said for now, and please enjoy episode 12 of That Do It For You podcast, Balto Yeah! with Devin White. Do you want to rub on Simba's tummy? Or think that Spider-Man looks extra yummy? The pain of childhood is super funny. On Did That Do It For Ya? With Aurelia Grierson. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Do It For Ya podcast. I am here with the incredible and incredibly handsome Devin White. Hi. Hi, Devin. How how are you? (laughs) I'm I'm good. Just hanging out in little old Connecticut for little some reason. Connecticut? I mean, well, you, if you want to tell the listeners why you're in oh, Connecticut. Oh, no. I didn't mean to, um, yeah, just, just finished grad school, and that uh, feels wonderful. Definitely. Even in the midst of all the insanity, also, the world is really fucked up right now. It's really fucked up right really now. Really fucked up right now, which um, I am at once acknowledging, but also excited to talk about something interesting and exciting that maybe we can have a moment to laugh and have a nice time. I think that that's so wonderful. Yeah, the world is like really fucked. I'm so excited to see and, you know, dreading to see what's going to happen when this episode is posted because I think I I usually am about two weeks ahead. So like when we record this, then like in two weeks we'll post it. So, I mean, right now the world is on fire with righteous indignation, which is, I mean. Yeah, like for good reason, fully. In many ways, yeah. I think it's like, oh, this is like really cool. You know, pretty exciting. uh, Absolutely, sorry. No, Uh, we're like pretty openly, like politically left-leaning on this podcast. (laughs) Like I was, well, I was hoping. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it just, um, it's a wild thing as, as a, uh, I try to stay engaged, but to uh, figure out how to actually help and not to just perform helping is yes. kind of what I am focusing on right now. Because yes. I do get the urge to post and everything as a white person just to be like, hey, I care, but um, I think that is more about me than anyone else. You right. Know? I don't want it to seem like I'm having a big struggle over this because, and then it becomes about me. You know, right. it's, I think it's, I mean, I think it's just telling of, please, I mean, if you feel like editing this out, but I, <laughs> I think it's telling of growing up white in this country of like getting used to things being about you or and about your point of view on things mm-hmm. and maybe not having my feelings being important. And I'm like, oh, like that's maybe I'm not maybe the voice to, I don't know, no, to be heard I see, right now. I see what you mean. But also, like, yeah. when I think about, like, what this podcast is and does, and a friend of mine came on, if you listen to the Lord of the Rings episode, the friend I had on, she was like, nothing would piss Mike Pence off more than this podcast. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, I think the people in power don't want young people understanding their own bodies and their own desires. And, yeah. you know, I think giving young people a voice is a dangerous thing to these people. And 
it, connecting to our tender young selves is also something that that they don't want. So you know, in my own small way, I'm just trying I totally, to no, stick I, it to the man. <laughs> dude, I totally, I absolutely hear you, and I I think like yeah, all we can do is like support the people who are who are meant to speak up for certain yes. things, you yes. know. And so this, like yeah, that's like where I I feel like if if this is how we. You, or you or we can contribute uh, maybe that's the talking about the little boners i got growing up <laughs> but um but yes but to acknowledge that like some fucked up shit is going on mm -hmm. and i hope in two weeks when this is released some more justice and clarity has come yes and i will not be editing this out this podcast and all who work on it stand with the people protesting and the actions they've taken we love you all we stand with you Stay safe. All cops are bastards. So don't yeah, call the cops. Yeah, don't, don't call the cops. cops. Oh my yeah. gosh, this podcast does not endorse or support calling the cops. Don't do that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Devin, how do we know Hi. each other? Hi. Okay, this was. I was actually thinking about this of how we know each other. It's like, I feel like you came in in a transition period for me, mm -hmm. and then you came in and like this sounds so crazy, and I don't want you to think or anyone listening to like overthink this but I was like Aurelia feels like like you walked in and I was like they're like really cool and they like might be kind of like where this university's going and like I just I found you like just like one of the really just I found you really exciting and I always was drawn to you in at parties and things like that I don't know how much time we actually spent one-on-one -on -one, but like I feel like we had no nice I times. I have a really fond memory my like favorite memory of you I have two memories I want to bring up the first one was after my audition into the BFA program at Southern Oregon University where we met you I ran into you I was walking by your apartment complex and I ran into you and you were like oh my god like you just auditioned for the BFA come smoke a bowl <laughs> And let's oh. talk about it. And so we got <laughs> high in your apartment, and I, I do was like that. so stressed and just like so needed like the friendly face and the kind words. And you were just oh. so you were like a little angel in that moment. And dude, I, that's I mean, I that's one of my favorite things is like dismantling pressure from institutions. So like be like uh, these people don't fucking matter. You're great. <laughs> Let's get high. And Let's like, get high. <laughs> who cares? Even if you don't get in, like that is no basis on your worth at all. I know how it could feel, but like um, that's so nice. I no. I love that apartment. I miss that apartment. That was really nice. My second memory of you is better. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be afraid. Uh, do you remember that Halloween party I had? Uh, I don't know at, if you remember it, but at, at the <laughs> yeah, you look you look nervous and you should be. Um, <laughs> you were dressed as a David Bowie in Labyrinth. Yeah, one of the craziest nights of my life. Don't drink rum, <laughs> spice rum on Halloween night, kids. <laughs> that party was more than I could handle, more than anyone could handle. It was so intense and you uh, fell on the TV <laughs> and it was never the same. Oh my God. Did you sign me up to this podcast just so you could bring this up? Yes, yeah, so, so that now I I'm... have to bend this TV. <laughs> however many years later, that was the grand plan all along. Yeah, there were some. There, were, I was. Yeah, finding yourself is difficult sometimes, <laughs> and alcohol can be dangerous in that. And I apologize. And oh my gosh. Being, being dressed as Jareth from the Labyrinth gives you a weird power trip because people because that if we want to talk about <gasps> sexual. Um, awakenings that bulge i didn't even think about that <laughs> but that if you that bulge awoke a lot of people's sexualities i think and when i was mm. dressed as jareth that night 
the way people talk to me went to my head absolutely so i apologize <laughs> for any behavior that i here's I the thing in. here's the thing it didn't change the way i felt about you or still feel about you it it was a sh it's a shitty college apartment with a shitty college tv like i didn't even pay for that tv it was given to me oh so god. i was like whatever oh my um, god I, Are you <laughs> my roommate was real bummed when he moved into the apartment and the TV was bad. <laughs> well, and yeah, and that's that's another that's a whole nother story. Me and oh. Eric should have a little podcast of gay life in Ashland. Like... Jesus. Have you listened to oh. Eric's episode? Yes, I loved Eric's episode. Yeah, because Eric I'm also a lost. I'm also a lost. Oh fan. yeah. Lost but I'm not a Dominic. I'm not as much a Dominic Monaghan. Get off my podcast. Dominic Monafan. Dominic Monafan. Yeah. See, we we we, we Dominic Monastan on this podcast. Oh, I love that. Okay. Thank cool. you. Thank you. But yeah, that is. Uh, you know, I think you put it really nicely that finding yourself. You know, when you're young, because you don't stop being young for a really long time. I feel like I'm only just now stopping being young, and I'm still pretty young. I think I'm recognizing where my behavior is coming from better. Oh yeah. That's a good way to put it. I think that's, I still do some stupid shit, but I'm like, oh, that's why I did that. Because I mean, therapy, everyone go to therapy. Oh my everyone God. Go to therapy. If anyone can get anything out of this podcast, therapy, therapy, therapy. Therapy, this <laughs> podcast endorses therapy. If, if you can afford therapy, mm -hmm. you should go to therapy. I understand that the systems in which therapy exists and operates under are inaccessible to a lot of folks, but you can also find great sliding scale therapists and that they will work within your monetary means to make sure that you get the help you need. My mother's a therapist and uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it was so fun to, when I asked you if you wanted to be on the pod, you gave me so many delightful <laughs> answers about what you wanted to talk about until we landed on something that we both really super agreed on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And would you like to tell our listeners what that is? Yes. So I want to preface this with like, Aurelia really has been wonderful. I've sent them like uh, maybe eight different options for this because I think about this a lot. Um, I love it. But something we settle on, and I will probably bring up other ones because I can't help it because this is such a fascinating topic and I think everyone should look at it, look at themselves in the way because I think it's it's healthy and it's such a good icebreaker, but we'll get back to that. Oh, yes. Um, I would like to talk about the seminal classic, <laughs> live action and animated and not Disney, even though I thought it was it's for not. the longest time. Disney would it's, never and we'll get to why, but go it, on. Yeah, it's Amblin, Balto. Balto. You can give that a moment. So yeah, let's, let's, let's let that hang in the air. <laughs> All right. Balto. So what would you say, like your experience of watching Balto as a young person yeah. was like? So the, my main memory, and this is very tied up with my sister, Maddie, who I asked her permission to be on, uh, be mentioned in this podcast. Great, and, I don't have to believe her name. Um, she's no, and and if she sounds interesting enough, I'm sure she'll be excited about being in a later episode. Hell but yeah. every almost every day coming home from school, me and my sister would go to our the basement on the old like box TV and watch VHS tapes of Balto and Lion King two. Lion King Which, 2 is also very horny. Very <laughs> sexual. <laughs> and I rewatched Balto today in preparation for this experience. And I realized, I was like, it's mainly like three scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's it's hot. It is a hot movie. But there are like three scenes where I was like, holy shit. Like this is, 
real stuff. Well, when I think about Balto, like I watched it not too long ago. So when you said you want to talk about Balto, I was like, great, I have a busy day. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew the last time I watched Balto, something that like struck me about Balto was like, oh, like Balto's like impetus for wanting to do this is the fact that he is like a literal horn dog for that yes. fucking border collie. Exactly. The border collie, which her name her is, name is Jenny? Jenna. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's who's a who's a cool female character, but why aren't uh the the female dogs on the bobsled? Oh, female yeah, well, dogs used to, are on yeah. facts oh, yeah. saying that why in this movie do they not are they not accurate on that fact? Because uh, misogyny. But yeah, okay. <laughs> because yes. I, yeah, like no, that's like a really good point. Not to say that I don't really, really this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test at all because mm -hmm. she talks to Rosie. She does talk to Rosie. But she's also a dog. They're not having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the Bechdel test with, works with. Uh, I yeah, think whatever. so. I'm thinking of those two other dogs that I don't know what those dog breeds are doing living in fucking Nome, Alaska. The the little one and then what I think is an Afghan hound. Her two besties. Oh my god! Who's like the? Um, she's like. She's like, I don't, you're, come on, Steel. Yeah, they're like, both really horny. Yeah. They're very horny and have like, uh, like the the New Jersey. Yeah, they're they're like, accents. I think yeah. they're supposed to be like kind of representative of like some like kind of Bronx Beat-esque women. Like, you know, that SNL sketch, Bronx, Bronx yeah. Beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like those two, they're like two like kind of gossipy birds. Well, I guess mm -hmm. they're dogs. Two gossipy. Well, I love, I'm sorry. Oh, I love them. I, no, I, I love, love them. them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I say, I feel like I have to preface that, like, I recognize that there are, like, sexist moments and overtones in this movie, for sure. And, like, I always try to talk about on the podcast, like, kind of, like, the socio-political, like, stuff going on in this movie. Because I think we ingest a lot of harmful things mm -hmm. from the media that we consume as children. And this movie is so enjoyable. And I think part of that is because those two chatty little babes. Yeah. <laughs> who like just like fill out the landscape of the town really well yeah so it's like they're townspeople <laughs> they're townspeople and they're like there to have a good time i also think when watching this kind of thing like i i fully understand the context of things and i think it's good to examine that but i also like i'm not watching balto because i still believe that story no. the way i did i watch it because i to get the feeling I used to have while watching it. Yeah. Which and so is if I can horny. if I can examine that, yeah, which is funny. I I want you to get off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's one scene. In, okay, so this is one thing I'm Wait. so curious. We don't we shouldn't get to it yet. Should really we? quick. No, not yet. We're saving it. <laughs> save it. Save it. Um I was really quickly before we move on from those two dogs, there is one moment where the little dog gets so horny talking to Steel, where she literally body shivers. Shakes, she shakes. She like I... goes, like, <laughs> that's all of us. Which is me with Steel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was watching Balto thinking I like Balto that whole yeah. time. I thought, and it was all about steel for me. Yeah. And when I watch him, he's such a dick, but those forearms and that swagger, that gay, like everything <laughs> is like, like every time he <laughs> talks is like, have you been doing Come on, let's go race. <laughs> like everything's so like, and slinky and his forearms are so huge. It is the perfect like that gay villain archetype. <laughs> it's it is so hot. To me. 
Oh my god. Yeah, like steel. <laughs> so we talk a lot about the queer coded villain on this show. Yes. I would like to know how you as a queer person feel about the queer coded villain. I don't it's interesting. Because I've heard I've heard like I've I've heard kind of two sides of this argument. And I know where I stand. And like I see I... validity in both, but it's like on the one hand, it's like I hear a lot of people say, like, this is really homophobic because it teaches like kids that they need to like fear gay people and that like gay yes. people are like inherently like bad and evil and have awful intent. And then I've also heard that when in these like new squeaky clean live action quote unquote remakes of these movies removing the, the queerness that. of the villain is like actually doing like a disservice to like the queer people who grew up on these films identifying with those characters yeah like i i mean that's a thing of like i absolutely understand that if you couldn't see the perspective of it you could have some damaging things and i probably have some things that i've had to work through and i still have to work through about that steel. idea that like feminine <laughs> about steel yeah i think about it daily um but like i don't know like it's easier to say now that there's now that there's more representation mm -hmm. it's easier to look back and be like i'm okay with a gay villain because gays should be villains gays should be good guys gays shouldn't be just squeaky clean right. like ryan murphy characters not all <laughs> ryan murphy you know but like uh, it's I know not what you're it's, talking about <laughs> you know like it's like it's i i can look back and feel i love those characters mm -hmm. so but i also understand an interesting aspect of it but i also think disney did not invent that trope no no and so i think disney is 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 keeping that trope going Disney's um, still keeping that trope going did you see incredibles too yeah oh that hot she was hot she was hot the way she like sat in that chair i was like oh they're not even like Isn't trying that... to hide that she's like a and it's Catherine. um oh yeah the way she couldn't sit she like yeah she like puts her leg up on the i'm like oh jesus <laughs> like <laughs> that's Catherine keener right oh is it who's like so i don't know yeah i think it is that's who i I'll, love i'll look that up but yeah i just remember being like watching that and being like oh we're like still not over this like we're still yeah. and like I talk about this in the Avatar episode, but like anytime a woman like comes on to the screen, be it cartoon or like real life, and she's like mean, yeah. if she's like a mean lady, I'm immediately like, mm, who's this lesbian? I'm yeah. instantly like, I wish she would step on me. Exactly. And also, <laughs> I mean, like a part of it is exciting that like Disney exists in this world that like is pretty pristine. And a lot of the people <laughs> who are successful in that world are pristine cis hat sometimes like half fish half female but never like never gay you know but like to see a gay character who or at least who i connected even though i knew i was gay pretty young but like i connected i didn't understand that i knew that but i connected with them with in a way like the rage they have and mm -hmm. i think that's an okay th thing for queer people and gay people and whatever or whoever to um have is like an acceptance of the otherness and rage about it yeah and like i don't remember scar for the reason he died no. i remember scar like taking shit over and the way he wore that eyeliner you yeah, know like being, that's what i yeah. care about you know? i remember scar being like a slinky little bitch like yeah I and, and like steel i would let steel whatever <laughs> <laughs> i just i feel the need to say because i always have to say when we talk about these cartoons these are anthropomorphic animals with eyebrows and human personalities and characteristics we're not a furry podcast we're not kink shaming anyone who is a furry everyone should feel free to live their life however they want as long as they're not harming anyone but yeah steel is really hot and the the breathiness of his voice and i think we should talk about it 
Okay. I, the moment? Are we going to talk about yeah, the moment? Yeah, let's talk about the moment. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. Do you want to preface this? You should preface so I, it. When you said that you wanted to talk about Balto, I texted you <laughs> and said, there's like a particularly horny moment of Balto that's like burned into my brain that, yeah. that to use like a really gross phrase, made my giny tingle. Yeah. Um, when anyway. I was <laughs> well, me and, I'll have you know I watched this movie maybe eighty times, and that was every time with my sister next to me, who was older, and it was never inappropriate. But both of us in a not super sexual family, over at least like we didn't talk about we didn't sex. talk about it, yeah, yeah, we didn't really talk about sex that much. We did not talk about it, but we didn't. It wasn't know. like a, a conversation that y'all had. Yeah, and especially yeah. like there was. And I, th there was never anything negative said about being queer or gay, but it was not like a option or a possibility or sure. a, a thing that it could have been. But it was me and my sister sitting on the couch watching this and Lion King too, which is another podcast to talk. But so you're watching it on the couch with your sister. Yeah, and then this scene happens. Did you want to? So so Aurelia said there's one scene, and I was like, yeah. I wonder if it's the same scene we're talking Wouldn't about. Wouldn't it be so I funny wonder, if we were talking about this different scenes? <laughs> we might be talking about different scenes because I watched it again and there's one other scene that is, it has nothing to do with steel though. It oh, is no, so this awesome. is to do with steel. Does it um, have also to do with sausage links? It has everything to do with <laughs> sausage links. So steel enters this like shack with the phallic symbol in his mouth and wrapped around his neck. <laughs> Just he comes dicks, in, dicks, 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 dicks. Everywhere he comes, he, dicks. Goes, he comes in dripping nice in dicks. To see you, boy. He's, How are you doing? His horrible, sexy, breathy, amazing voice. I want to know who that voice actor is. And, and he, he comes, comes. He comes to both of them, dripping in these sausages, laying the sausages next to both of their faces, oh, Balto yeah. and um, Jenna's. And Steel is a bi icon. Steel is a, that is actually what I think Steel is. Steel is so hot because he's a bicon. Oh, or at yeah. least fluid in some way because he he gives, he Steel wants ass, to fuck. He puts his ass in front of Balto's face right there, you know. <laughs> it's all for did you Did you identify with Balto in that moment? I really identified with the, um, the the uh uh gas stove that he backs his ass in. <laughs> That's well, then, because I, then, the, well because then like the plan is that like because he like is gonna yeah. attack Walter or whatever and she, then she oh, comes in she, hot both of them in this moment I just like my little brain like exploded and she's just like oh well steel like you know I like my meat cooked and then backs his ass onto the fire while she's like saying that she's gonna eat his sausages. And Balto's just there to watch. Oh yeah, Balto. Maybe the, the best boyer. part about Balto is like <laughs> the main character of Balto is kind of like into like he likes to watch watching, and he's 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 kind of like the sub to Steel, <laughs> and like it's like and kind of to to Jenna, and it's like it's sexy. Do you but think that, there's yeah? Do you think there's any like Balto fanfic? Oh my. <laughs> We of should find course. some. So I'm I'm starting to do some bonus episodes for the Patreon, but I I, I want to do like a series where I like do fanfic episodes where I talk about fanfic. Yeah. I'm dying. I'm gonna like go and find a Balto fanfic because I'm sure like how interesting would it be if like so much of what happened between Steel and Balto happened because like Steel like couldn't handle his homoerotic feelings. Oh my God! No, he sees Balto come and it rocks his world. <laughs> literally like he that that is why he's so threatened by it oh yeah he's never seen it he, well, and kevin bacon i will give kevin bacon, kevin bacon! Props. he has a he has a a 
tenderness to his voice and a sensitivity and you're you're like what balto is not a normal and there is one quote i even wrote it down in that scene which i have a couple other thoughts about this yeah we're not done talking about it okay cool balto leads jenna into underneath the floorboards of the hospital to like show her a good time he doesn't necessarily he's gonna show her dying her dying owner Her, her dying owner does he know that I don't know if they know, like, know if the extent, like, what is it? What is it that they have? Like TB? Like, yeah, I think it's TB. Something like, I think it is. It's a true I story. It's a true story. We could all look, we could look this up. But as I like to say on this podcast, this is a podcast about feelings, not facts. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> and so he goes under there. And as he's walking in, she's like, wow, you really like broke open that door. And he goes, yeah, I have big paws. Or at least one side of my family does. And it's like, this like moment you're like oh like even as a kid you got into like <laughs> you knew um, what big paws meant you know what big paws meant and like oh my god and then he leads her through the um like underneath this 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 uh basement and he's wiping cobwebs of away with his tail and literally like the amount of asshole shots in this movie <laughs> dog asshole shots when the dogs i'm not saying i'm interested in dog assholes but like the amount of human-faced dog asshole i'd seen like it, it is uh, furries i get it like i'm not a furry but like dude like do you because we have been conditioned like these are the hottest it's, people it's balto's fault it's the lion king's fault, fault. <laughs> oh my god no for real yeah. i know exactly and then he like shows her the northern lights so you're like mm, he's so sensitive and then you know like you steal <laughs> And then there comes Steel. Oh my God, I love Steel. And then later in the movie, the other th- the other thought, if we're done yes. talking about this scene. I mean, we can come back to it. It's no big deal. The other thought, um, the other scene I thought you uh, were talking about is there's a moment when later in the movie, when they've been racing, yeah. uh, Balto gets really cold and he starts shivering. He's like, I can't go any farther. And then the two bears, which are just gay icon. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh my god <laughs> muck and luck muck and luck who like f- fucking a like, oh uh, hilarious hilarious and like such like it, i've seen so many like daddy boy couples at gay bars at like the that are the, muck and luck <laughs> at, at the eagle who've done too much molly and like one of them's <laughs> mumbling and the other one's running around but balto's all all cold and then jenna comes and she's like i can help you with this and she mounts him and like gets on top of him. Do you remember this? It's all coming back to me. And like he is shivering and she's literally on top of him. And it is like, she is, oh my gosh, it's so, so amazing. And so she's on top of him and like cools him down and settles him. And he like relaxes and That's gets all. It's so hot. It's so hot. And like her bandana and like, I don't know how they managed to like tie it with their little mouths. But like oh. when she like gave him his bandana, like I feel like so much, so many of like my relationship expectations were like set up by like their, cause they're like always into each other. Like there's, it's a very like consensual relationship between them mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, I'm into you, you're into me. Like it sucks that like society is like being quote unquote racist towards Balto yeah. for being mixed. Right. But, uh, <laughs> and like uh, i would be remiss if i didn't say it but like it's, it's another one of those situations where like you know alaska has a, a high indigenous population and what i feel like a lot of what you have in cartoon movies that take place in like you know other places is animals substituting in for the people of color yeah and I think there is like something kind of interesting to be gleaned from the fact that Balto is like treated as this outsider and this other from this like 
animatedly white town for like yeah. being like mixed for being indigenous because he was yeah. part wolf and everyone's like oh he's part wolf he's dangerous and i'm like this is so racially coded no absolutely and i yeah. i think it's like a i was thinking about this today and i was like i mean this may be thinking too much about balto but like that's what we're here a, to do yeah right it's so interesting with these with all these movies of the idea of the outsider and like um a lot of times they're outsider because of the way they're born and they always have to be remarkable to be accepted he's like remarkable he's faster than anyone else but if he wasn't he wouldn't be no, anything in this exactly. in this in this movie and so this movie's like it's trying to make that statement yeah but like and i see what they're saying but yeah. like it's also kind of supporting the idea that like if you're different you have to or or different if sure. you're if you're outside of the norm or the dominating culture you have to be 20 times better to be even accepted into oh yeah i mean he fucking saves know. the town and then finally the town is like maybe he's not such a bad dog after right. all right after steel who has been framing him this whole time oh god i still am more attracted to steel than balto so what does that say about me <laughs> what does that say about you is that you like big forearms and a breathy a voice? yeah and just some some real, haunches <laughs> yeah some a little light fascism like he this. also he yeah. also has like cocaine eyes like he, yeah, that dog blue. looks strung out. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like on doggy steroids, I'm sure. He is, and he's just always going a little slinky. He's a little slinky. <laughs> Fun fact about me I was really obsessed with Balto when I was young, like, probably for a lot of reasons having to do with the fact that I made my Jiny tingle. But mm -hmm. I was obsessed, and I became like obsessed, obsessed with the Iditarod and yep. dog racing when i was in like first grade like obsessed and i was like i'm gonna move to alaska i'm gonna get a herd of dogs and i'm gonna run the iditarod and like i wrote like a fan letter to the first woman who like won the iditarod and i was like really oh my god i was obsessed this did she movie, respond like, yeah she wrote me like this really nice letter back and she ah. like sent me a signed photo her name is libby riddles you should look yeah. up her story she's a boss yes libby yeah but this like kicked off like a whole thing for me in which I was like wildly obsessed with like dog racing and like dog sledding in the Iditarod and so I watched you know Balto a lot and I watched uh Snow Dogs oh Eight Below Eight Below I remember Eight Below Eight Below yeah that I came out a little bit past my dog sledding phase but like I was well you still you still remember it I remember it though I was <laughs> And like I read, and then I like read like Jack London. <laughs> like I love some Jack London. We love. Did you ever Jack read, read Wild or not Wild? Trade? Hatchet. Hatchet. Yeah, I read Hatchet. I loved Hatchet. Yeah, we loved Hatchet. I just remember the part where he swims underneath the water and he mm -hmm. finds like half like the the person who died in the plane crash, and it was yeah. really scary to me as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Was, um... So I I just want to say I do I think it is interesting that you brought up Lion King too because I completely forgot about Lion King too. Because, yeah. like, I was going to say, like, oh, like, this movie is really unabashedly horny in a way that Disney would never. But, but then Disney, Disney did. did. Disney did. Um, in you, Pendy is the in most. In your Pendy. In my Pendy, in everyone's Pendy, in the Rhino's <laughs> Pendy, in the Elephant's Pendy, in everybody's Pendy. I, I, um. I, <laughs> I've, been, I, I've been getting drunker and drunker on these episodes. That's <laughs> okay. I've been editing the episode. Yeah, yeah, I've been editing the episode I recorded with Chandler, and I had to edit out a fart. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you? Why? <laughs> I just, no, I, what I did was that I like clipped it and then I like saved it to my loop region so I can just like play it back and like add it wherever. Oh my God. Yeah. My, I'm so ADD, Aurelia. So no, I, I like, yeah, I'm not medicated. Okay, cool. It's awful. Okay, cool. You can tell every time you like, every time I listen to this, I'm just like, like someone give this bitch some pills. It sounds really cohesive, honestly. Thanks. I edit. Yeah, you edit it to make it sound really. Uh, organic um but in lion king 2 yes i have had in the middle of intercourse heard deception disgrace but you were listening to like the soundtrack on his face no like it popped into my head that movie i watched so many times that choral progression comes into my mind when i really get into it um but i like to sing that song anytime anyone like deceives me in any way (laughs) yeah which is like part of my kink i guess Um, (laughs) no but like no but it's not that it's that like the whole premise of that movie is horny it's that these two like cubs what are are their names kiara and kovu fuck yes aurelia i never forget a horny dish (laughs) but yeah it they like meet and then instantly like they're introducing themselves and then Kiara like slides up next to him and she's like I'm Kiara. Kiara's a babe. Kiara's a babe. Kobu's a babe. They're both babes and then they're like adolescent lions and then like Rafiki's like trying to get these lions to fuck so he like takes them on like a magical journey through their pendies and (laughs) (laughs) it's all horn. It's all pure horn and then all the animals are like kink shaming them and like slut shaming them and they're like how dare you thought that you could put it anywhere you wanted to deception disgrace (laughs) as plain as a scar on your face (laughs) yeah no that is the the you pendy scene is like is that is actually i think the most sex positive to a disturbing point maybe i mean how do you feel about can you feel the love tonight can you feel the love tonight is hot yeah and beautiful and one of i think the best stand-ins because i think every one of these movies watching them back has some stand-in for sex mm-hmm. you know like some moment that is sex that they yep. like do well and can you feel the love tonight is pretty nala is just the ultimate i feel like oh yeah and like they also like end up on top of each other giving each other some looks yeah it's Which and is- there's that there's yeah. that part where they hit this dust, isn't there? And it spells sex. Subliminal. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly, yeah. I don't know. I'm all but, for Disney yeah. conspiracies. The the tower in Little Mermaid is a is yeah, is yeah a, that's that's is a real thing. And the the, yeah. the past or the whatever priest, his dick going up. Actually, yeah, no, he yeah. has a boner. He has a boner. But you know who doesn't all the time? When they're marrying a sea lass and a twink. <laughs> prince eric not my type not your type this is, okay this might be honestly the conversation is like the only prince that ever did it for me ever was the beast before he turned into a prince so you the beast i just like the beast you know like that was <laughs> who i was into um but i'm i also have like a i guess a type but like i was either into i don't know i was into the or king trident oh yeah well well daddy's I do think like, did you watch the Planet of the Apes? I, I didn't. I, I just, I. Like, oh my I God. Know. It is. Can you describe abs- it? <sighs> I wish I could watch it with you right now. Um, I'll post a link to it. Like, okay, cool. It, but... Okay. So, so I'll explain it to you because Aurelia hasn't seen it. And you as a viewer, if you're listening to this or a listener have not seen this. So Planet of the Apes, Charlton Heston movie, the original before James Franco got involved. This movie 
for its time was thought as revolutionary. It has kind of really bad depictions of women as like subservient and um, like there's literally a female character he falls in love with who cannot speak. No. Uh, yeah, of course. And um, and for the time period, uh, there were like a lot of imagery. There's a lot of imagery in the movie that is like purposely done to like emulate the uh, civil rights movement and like people getting. There's like a, a a black character at the beginning who gets like taken in a field that was like purposely made to represent this thing. So this is not really about what I'm talking about, but I'm saying this movie is pretty problematic now at the time was thought of as revolutionary, like a lot of sci-fi was. But this scene, so uh, these astronauts crash land on um, a planet. Mm -hmm. There's a big twist at the end that it's what we know the planet. We know the planet, it's us. But uh, <laughs> it's our planet. It's um, so they crash land, all the women in the vessel die. Um, there are two women and three men, three men, four men, I don't know. The women die, like three dudes survive. And they get out of the, the spaceship and they, they go through this hike through the desert. It takes like the first 20 minutes of the movie is so long, but this is the only part of the movie that I watched because it meant so much to me. And they go through the desert, they hike, blah, blah, blah. And they finally find water and they find this like beautiful lake that is like in the middle of all these rocks. And their first instinct is to completely strip completely naked <laughs> and uh, swim together. Hell I need yeah. to look up the other actors besides Charlton Heston because I want to give them justice. Yeah, this is literally sucks. <laughs> well, he does now, and this is also a part of me that like it's a part of growing up and watching these old movies and all of this stuff, all of Disney. It's kind of like the, it's like it has real implications later. But uh, I was into it at the time. Yeah, um, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. So they go swimming, fully nude, and this is. Like, I'm amazed people don't talk about this more because this is like the most homoerotic thing I think I've ever seen on film in a PG rated movie. Um, that is like a really classic movie. They all go skinny dipping together and they're all swimming together. Charlton Heston, every time he gets out of the water, it's like he does his Charlton Heston's like, he gets out of the water and he's like, and like does these horrible <laughs> horrible noises and he gets up on the side of the water and like sits on the beach and you see his ass no there's a couple little dick shots but it's like those seven like 70s, 70s dick shots yeah 70s bodies where they're really like hairy and skinny and cute um, <laughs> um so it's it's robert gunner jeff burton and uh charlton heston and there is an iconic shot so Charlton Heston comes up on the beach, stands up, and then Robert Gunner and Jeff Burton are standing next to him. And Charlton Heston's in the background, and Robert Gunner and uh, Jeff Burton go down at the same time on their knees, out of frame. And Charlton Heston just looks down, and it's such like an obvious like they're both going down on Charlton Heston. I like watch this so many times, and then like two of them die, but. It was but like really, it was the hottest thing. That sounds very hot. These like, these like, it, I just, but it made me think about like how people used to treat like homosexuality, people used to treat queerness or homosexuality or any of any, any idea of, of like, it didn't really exist or in the mainstream media, you weren't allowed to talk about it or that right. it wasn't even implied. And to have a scene like this, and I read some interviews there, they, they had no idea that they were implying that <laughs> it becomes almost, it was more homophobic. Editor Aurelia here. Uh, Devin wanted me to let you all know that he meant to say homoerotic rather than homophobic. Okay, back to the episode. Then 
they could have gotten away with if they had implied it. You know what I mean? Because they yeah. weren't even tr- thinking about gay people. It became so gay. And yeah. like, I spent, as a person who came out when they were 20 and have spent a lot of time with straight men, like I feel like a spy in my life sometimes. <laughs> Seriously. That's an excellent way to put that. There is nothing gayer than a room full of straight men. Oh. It is the gayest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's like the most frustrating. It's just like, it's wild. And so like this kind of thing was like such a seared into my brain. That's I was obsessed with. Incredible. So everyone check out the first 20 minutes of Planet of the Apes. I'm going to go and watch this immediately. (laughs) I'm already aroused. Every year on Super Bowl Sunday, I tweet that football is an elaborate ritual that straight men designed to be able to touch each other. Yeah. But I think that that's an excellent place to wrap up because it feels like, you know, we we hit our goals. Um, we hit so many goals. I This was so wonderful. Really. <laughs> this is so great. Where can people find you? Should they want to find you? Like uh, in person and like in my house? <laughs> yeah. Where do you live? No, uh, online. Oh, in, like online. Where, oh, yeah. um, where do people find you? Should you want to be found? I'm not on Twitter. Um, Damn I shame. Do, I don't do Twitter. Why not? I, I don't know. I overthink everything I put out there um and it it gives me anxiety that's fair and so I and I also am trying to change my intake of what I see there's a lot to see yeah just in terms of um feeling like secure in myself but I I'm on um Instagram Devin McWhite there you go private so request me follow Devin White. I, I will probably follow. I'll let you I'll let you all in. Devin White is an amazing actor. Catch him in something I do in the next yeah. few years. If I can afford I you. That. Devin, one last question. Did that do it for you? That did it for me. This was the best conversation I've had in such a long time. This feels good. Oh feels my right. God. Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that did it for me. Hope that did it for you. Thank you so much for listening. That Do It For You is hosted and edited by Aurelia Grierson to the best of their ability. It is produced by Dante Tapo and Chandler Parrott-Thomas. Eleanor Hobson is our media and marketing manager. Our theme song is by Eric Solis, and our visual design is by Margaret Chambers. That Do It For You is a sex-positive podcast with naughty words and mentions of characters I do not own. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at That Do It For You. Be sure to tell your friends about us, rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and if you're interested in becoming a monthly donor, you can go to patreon.com slash that do it for your pod to join our horny little community. 